Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Wednesday, June 14th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the Guardians uh, fall to the uh, San Diego Padres 6-3 in the opener of their six-game road trip at Petco Park. Uh, just the second time in uh, in club history that they've lost in that ballpark. So, uh, that, you know, an interesting, uh, you know, sort of note in terms of the just how few games they've played out there. But uh, it was it was pretty much over early after Tanner Bybee. Uh, struggled against the top of that uh, Padres lineup. Uh, we talked about it on yesterday's podcast, how how that would be a, a rough go uh, to get through uh, the, the superstars at the top of that lineup. And uh, it wasn't the superstar. It was Gary Sanchez that, that victimized him. Uh, it was a three-run home run by Gary Sanchez. Uh, that, that was the, the big blow in that, uh, that first inning for Bybee. Uh, and Gary Sanchez seems to have found a home out there in San Diego after what is third, third or fourth team this year. Uh, it just not a, not a great outing for Bybee, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Does this mean that the guardians, uh, start to start to process and start to think about maybe moving him out of the rotation? I, I, I gotta believe you gotta give him more than, you know, one bad outing before you, you think about something like that. Oh yeah, Joe. I, I don't think. Yeah, I t- I definitely think he's earned more than you know just one bad start and and you're back in Columbus. I I don't think that's going to happen. You know he's pitched too well there. You know they've they've had multiple chances to send either him or our Logan Allen down and they've said no that you know the kids are here to stay. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it was it wasn't a great start uh, by uh, Bybee. Uh, you know, like he, you said, Sanchez, like the, you know, the bad penny. They, the Guardians face him with the uh, the Mets. Now he's all of a sudden he's in San Diego. And that was his sixth home run since uh, the uh, the Padres claimed him. So he, you know, he's kind of reviving his career. And then Tatis hits the home run in the second, and it's kind of over from there. Yeah, it's uh, and that's again the the long ball is what hurts uh, hurts Cleveland and the just sort of the inability to to match that and keep up with an offense like uh, like San Diego can throw at you. Uh, that that ballpark too, you know, a uh, big crowd. Uh, you know, the weather was it was it was playing uh, sort of like a hitter's park. But uh, Joe Musgrove, uh, the way he can spin the ball really had uh, really had Cleveland's hitters sort of uh, off balance. Yeah, he did a nice job. Uh, six innings, three runs, seven hits, five Ks. Um, you know, the uh, the Guardians kept coming back. You know, they you know the, Bell, Josh Bell hits the home run in the second inning. They score they score a run each in the fifth or sixth. They were really never out of the game. They were almost like one swing away, but they just couldn't get closer than uh, the six to three final score. But it was interesting to watch. I thought the middle of their lineup. You know, did a nice job. Uh, 
Ramirez had a, had a single and scored in the fifth. Naylor had two hits. Josh Bell had two hits. You know, and, and that's what the middle of that lineup is going to have to produce, and they have been producing over the last 15 or so games, Joe. And I think they're hitting, uh, as a team, they're hitting 295 over the, you know, the last 15 games. So we've seen some improvement there, but now you've got to keep that going and win games at the same time. Yeah, nine consecutive, or I'm sorry, nine hits in the game uh, snapped their streak of, what, six consecutive games with at least 10 hits, uh, which is something we hadn't seen out of them in in um, five years, five seasons uh, since 2018. Uh, one of Naylor's two hits actually hit Ahmed Rosario. Uh, not exactly the ideal situation. Not the not the way you would draw it up if you uh, if you wanted your your cleanup hitter to get a, a base hit. Uh, but that's how it's uh, it's scored. Is that when a, a a runner is hit with a live ball, the uh, the guy that hit it gets first base. It's a single, and that's it. Uh, I. Yeah, that, that that was a weird play. Uh, like you said, the the middle of the lineup uh, feels a little more uh, comfortable right now. Uh, Ahmed, um, Andres Jimenez uh, actually got in for a, a pinch hitting appearance uh, later in the game, and he was, you know, uh, you know, he didn't start the game. Uh, Tyler Freeman started at second base. Uh, the, the the leg tightness that Jimenez had experienced on Sunday uh, apparently wasn't bothering him that much. So maybe we'll see him back in the lineup. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, all all a good sign. So, uh, you know, hopefully the the middle of that lineup, like you said, it has things straightened out. Yeah, you know, they need that. Uh, they need that going forward. Um, and, uh, you know, and they've gotten some help from the bottom of the lineup. You know, Brennan has been hot. Freeman's chipped in. So in, in, instead of, like, having nine guys not hitting – you know, like they did, it seemed like for, you know, April and May, most of May, you know, they've, they've got some, uh, they've got some people at least kind of percolating and, uh, you know, from, from the middle of the lineup to the bottom of the lineup, and that's going to result in some runs or, you know, in June, uh, they're averaging almost five runs a game, Joe, you know, 4.8 runs a game. Uh, so, you know, that's a big, that's a big improvement from the first two months of the season. Yeah, and and we've seen it in stretches and flashes throughout the the, the early part of uh, this month of June. Uh, they're back to sort of putting that pressure on defenses and and making things happen when they put the ball in play, uh, which is you know the way that they got hot last year and 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 sort of carried them into the playoffs. Uh, so you know maybe they're just sort of it's like the like riding the bicycle uh, they, they they're relearning it and they're they're sort of feeling it out again you never really forget uh the way that that works and uh you know to to capture that feeling of you know handing the baton off to the next guy in the lineup and and keeping that pressure on the defense uh certainly uh something that uh they need to build on as they they progress through the season uh one guy that uh, also remains pretty hot uh, down at AAA is Bo Naylor. And of course, I uh, you know now is the now is the time as we get closer to his eventual promotion here, which is going to happen. Make no doubt about uh, no doubt about that. Uh, it, as we get closer, it's just funny. Every day uh, we seem to be checking the uh, the starting lineups in Columbus and the starting lineups with Cleveland and to see who uh, who posts and, and who's there. And uh it, yesterday, uh, you know, Mike Zanino not in the starting lineup for Cleveland. Uh, Bo Naylor was in Columbus, uh, had himself a nice day, had a couple of hits, a home run, 
And uh, he's been hot lately at the plate. Uh, this is about the time, and this is about the situation. Tito always says, you know, let the guys go down to Columbus, feel good about themselves, get heated up, and then bring them up. Well, Bo Naylor's about as hot as you can get. Yeah, Joe, he's, uh, you know, he's on a nine-game hitting streak, four home runs, 12 RBIs in that streak. Uh, so, he's, you know, he's, he's swinging the bat well. Um, and, uh, you know, like you said, this is the time you usually bring up a prospect. When he's going good, he can hit the ground running at, at the big league level. And, you know, you kind of ride him out from there. So, uh, you know, I would think uh, that's that's a guy to watch, definitely. And uh, I don't know if they'll make the move when the team is on, you know, in uh, San Diego or from here they go to Phoenix. Maybe they'll wait to uh, they get home. But uh, it's getting closer. Yeah. And when it happens, it, usually it would happen unless there's an injury or something like that. It would probably happen at the start of a series, maybe when they – uh, you know, when they move to uh, Arizona, where they're playing a, a hot Arizona team, uh, you know, in Arizona, it's familiar territory for Bo because the the training facility out there and, you know, just back and forth between Columbus and Arizona might be uh, something he's familiar with. I, I don't know. There's there's now I'm just trying to shoehorn ideas and reasons and, and, and ways that you can get him to the to the team here. Uh and, and and really the the bottom line is they could do this they could make this move anytime they wanted to and and then they really should have made it uh you know quite a while ago yeah it's just you know it's i guess it's just you know time you know they they're just waiting for when they feel is the right time you know we can sit here and speculate <laughs> and talk and and scream and yell and pound the table but it's you know the final decision is in their hands and uh you know they'll make it when they're good and ready but uh you know there's certainly you know, Bo Naylor's making a convincing case for himself. I, I just go back to, uh, you know, even before spring training began, even be, during the offseason, and they had him, you know, at Guards Fest, and they, he was signing autographs and meeting fans, and, you know, they were treating him like he was a part of this this club, a part of this team. And, uh, you know, even in the spring training, that that continued. And, and I kept saying every time we talked about it and every time we talked about you know, what his timetable could be and all that. I said, uh, you know, I, I maintained from that that time on, I said, they're going to wait until the service time issue is the manipulation is is not a thing. And they'll they'll, you know, once he's past that date, he, he's definitely staying down there until then. And I said, they're going to wait unless there's an injury, of course. Uh, and then I said, you know, the, the signing of Zanino that it would it was going to force them into you know, making Zanino a backup. But now that Zanino isn't really what they had hoped he would be, I think they've they've sort of fallen in love with the idea of Cam Gallagher as their backup. And, you know, that that poses a whole, you know, six million dollar issue is is you, you're paying this guy. Are you going to cut him loose? Uh, that's what sort of happened. And they really all sort of, uh, you know, came to pass. And now uh, now you're in a situation where it, it's you you've got the guy at the at the major league level is the one that's sort of holding things up not the guy down in in the minors who's who who may or may not be ready yeah and uh you know we've seen this you know we we know this organization you know when they when they uh pick a player or when they l- really like a player which obviously they signed Zanino to six for a one year 6 million dollar deal 
So, and we've seen them be patient, over almost overly patient to a fault with some guys. And maybe Zanino is one of those guys. We saw with Jake Bowers, you know, they were, they were, you know, they gave him every chance in the world. Uh, so perhaps, uh, you know, that they still have plans for Zanino and uh, we'll see that, you know, and I would think they'll, they'll start to unfold on this trip. Yeah. And, and you bring up Jake Bowers, Jake Bowers now hitting home runs uh, yeah. you know, will with the Yankees. So uh, it, it just seems, and, and you, again, it begs, begs the mention of Nolan Jones. They, they weren't very patient with Nolan Jones and look at what he's doing now in, in, uh, in Colorado. Uh, but obviously he's got to do that for more of a sustained sort of stretch. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's where they are. That's the situation. And, you know, we're just sort of in this holding pattern until, you know, something shakes loose. I, did you watch, uh, I don't know if you caught it last night. Um, there was a, an at bat late in the game where Cam Gallagher, uh, sort of got stunned by a foul ball directly back off the face mask. And he, he looked for a, for a second, he looked a little wobbled. He reached his hand up for the, for the ball from the umpire and, and looked a little unsteady. Uh, now, Again, those things are, uh, you know, one they can look exactly the same, and and one guy gets a a concussion and the other guy, you know, feels totally fine. Uh, so I, but my my radar was sort of up when I saw him stunned by that foul ball. I thought, oh, oh, there we go. You know, uh, if if Gallagher, uh, you know, has to take a couple of days on the concussion list or whatever, you know, maybe that's a possibility and maybe that's how they get Naylor up here. Uh, and that's the first, you know, sort of move in the chess match. But uh, that, you know, Gallagher stayed in the game. So it's it's funny. We're all sort of on high alert right now for for something like that in a game that maybe that could be the next move that that, you know, makes things, you know, set in motion. Yeah, I missed that, Joe. I did not see that during the game. Uh, you know, I know uh, what, uh, you know, Jimenez uh Pinch hit for Gallagher in the, in the seventh, and then Fry came in. Fry gets a hit off uh, Josh Hader, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was interesting. So, but uh, yeah, I I didn't hear. You know, they didn't say anything after the game about uh, you know Gallagher's condition, but I you know I didn't ask either. What did uh What did Bybee have to say about changing his glasses <laughs> and and changing his glove? Because that was something that was kind of weird. You know, one minute he's out there pitching with a black glove, and the next minute he's out there pitching with a red glove. Uh, and you know, we're, we're used to seeing him pitch games with his, uh, his glasses on, but uh, apparently he doesn't necessarily need them. Well, he said the glasses kept fogging up on him. You know, it was kind of cool last night. It was cool and, and, and damp. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, that may have caused his glasses to fog up. He said he took them off cause he couldn't see. Then he just, it sounded like, you know, he was really frustrated last night. You could tell in his voice, you know, you know, he's from Mission. He was born in Mission Viejo, you know, which is just real close to here. He had a lot of fans, family and friends in the stands. He didn't pitch real well and he was frustrated. And I think he said, I changed the glasses because they fogged up and I was, and I just changed the glove because I was looking for something, anything, you know, he's just looking for something to turn the tide and it just didn't work out. Well, there you go. That's, uh, you know, if uh, a hitter's struggling, maybe he changes bats or something like that. Pitcher changes gloves, I guess. Uh, interesting. As long as you're yeah, that's a first that. for me. I don't. Know. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got two gamers. Usually, you got a gamer and a backup. You know what? Maybe maybe we. Uh, I'll have to go back and look at uh, at photos of his previous starts to see if he had played if he had pitched in in, in any other games with that red glove. But 
Uh, I'm sure it still has his uh, his little catchphrases on it. I think uh, the one side says uh, "Stay Verde," and the other one says uh, "See ya." So, um, uh, well, well, uh, guys in their 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 customized uh, gloves are pretty interesting stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting to note that uh, Bybee was pitching, and a lot of the guys on the the roster are pitching in front of uh, you know big contingents of of hometown fans. Uh, I think Tyler Freeman had uh, a a bunch of guys there. Uh, his mom and dad and his sister were there, uh, and you know there's there's quite a few uh, uh, players on the roster who are from the the Southern California uh, sort of area. Yeah, you know, this is a hotbed for baseball, and it's always like that. I think uh, any team, uh, any Cleveland team that I've covered, when they go out, come out to uh, California, Southern California, Anaheim especially, you know, they, everybody seems to have relatives in the stands. And, uh, you know, Freeman had a nice night, I thought, uh, last last night, Joe. He had the sacrifice fly, made a nice uh, defensive play at, at second base. Uh, so he played well. I mean, I think this – you know he's he's kind of an underrated guy to me. I think he's a player, don't you, Joe? Yeah, I I do, and I just it's it's been hard to get him opportunities to get out there. I think uh, you know if you want to maybe right now here's the problem: Josh Bell is starting to heat up, and you want to give him consistent at bats because you want to keep going whatever he's got going. Uh, but if Josh Bell is in the lineup, then uh, you know Jose Ramirez can't DH. You can't you know get parts moving around there so you can you can find a place for Freeman because uh, when Jimenez is healthy he's going to play second base you could give Ahmed Rosario a day or two off uh, if you wanted to do that but just trying to find spots and, and plus uh, where is he in the pecking order uh, with uh, with Gabriel Arias because that's what you're trying to do with both of them this goes back to a, a problem that sure. we were trying to solve in in spring training you know who gets those at bats Gabriel Arias or Tyler Freeman they solved that problem at the at the beginning of the season by putting Freeman at AAA, but now you've got them both here, so it's it's tough. Uh, and and I think Tyler Freeman is a, a kid who, if he got those consistent at bats, if he got to play in you know four games a week, maybe uh, maybe things would be a little different. We'd we'd be talking a little bit differently about what his uh, his trajectory and his path could be this season. Yeah, uh, I, I like the way he swings the bat. I really do. I think. Uh, you know, they kind of changed his stance. They moved him back off the plate. So he's just not making contact anymore. He's, he's kind of driving the ball a little. So, you know, he's got a couple things working for him offensively. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, subtext here if you get a chance. Uh, 216-208-4346 or log on to cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, we, with Hoensey on the West coast, uh, he's the only reporter out there covering the team, uh, locally. So, uh, you know, what he finds out, he's going to send, uh, before, uh, anybody else gets it through the, uh, the public channels. Uh, it's a good time to have, uh, have text messages from Hoensey and myself, uh, set up on your phone, uh, for only three ninety nine a month. Uh, you sign up on cleveland.com slash subtext or, uh, send a message to two one six. Two zero eight four three four six. Uh Hoinsey, yesterday the uh Oakland A's, the hottest team in baseball, the Oakland A's. Uh winners of seven straight. They've beaten the the best team in baseball, the the Rays, they've beaten them twice. Uh last night they staged a reverse boycott uh at the uh at the old Coliseum. Uh twenty almost twenty eight thousand fans showed up wearing t shirts that that said sell the team. Uh, they don't want the team to move to 
uh, Las Vegas, where the the state legislature just yesterday uh, approved what more than three hundred twenty eight million dollars worth of public funding for a new ballpark. Uh, the other half of the uh, the state uh, house, or it, you know, state legislature has got to approve that, and then it goes to the governor, who said he would sign uh, the public funding bill, and that would be you know one of the last steps before the uh, the A's move. Um, that, that being the case, uh, what'd you think of the, uh, the fans coming out and, and really sort of, uh, bleeding for their team last night and, and they're up against it. They know what, what the writing on the wall is, but, uh, they're, they're hoping against hope that something gets worked out and the A's stay in Oakland. Yeah. I loved it, Joe. I, I, I feel for those fans, you know, I've, I've been going to Oakland for a long time that I thought, I think they're really great fans. When when they have a product to you know to cheer for to come out and watch, uh, you know it's it's they they the way they run that franchise is interesting. You know once they get a a decent team and but they can't afford to pay them, they start all over. I mean how many rebuilds have have Oakland fans been through and but they've stayed loyal. So that was great to see. I don't know if it's a lost cause. It kind of sounds like it. You know uh, the city of Oakland has been uh, and the team have been you know kind of uh, sparring for so long and uh, you know finally even the commissioner Rob Manfred threw up his hands said you know you're free to move wherever you can um, so it doesn't look good for for Oakland right now but I I love the fans there they're passionate and uh, last night was another example of it. Yeah, I wonder if the uh, if the drummers will uh, will accompany them to Las Vegas and and play out there in the uh, in the in the bleachers. Uh, it's always fun to hear that uh, going on uh, when when you're out there. Um, but but one thing I know is for certain, uh, as as long as you, we don't have to go back to that uh, mausoleum of a, <laughs> a a ballpark, that's just uh, horrific. Uh, do not wish that on anybody having to go see games in, in that uh, in, in that ballpark. Uh, not a fun place, but uh, you know maybe. Hey, Vegas. Uh, Vegas wins the the, the Stanley Cup uh, last night. I, I I don't know, man. Uh, maybe, maybe this is the time to be from Vegas. Bryce, Bryce Harper's real happy right now, huh? Yeah, and uh, you know I I don't know if you if you're uh, if you're a major league manager and you're t- and you're managing uh, the A's in at Las Vegas. You definitely have to have a curfew, don't you, Joe, for all home games? You have to have Maybe. lockdown. <laughs> there is no curfew. There is okay. We're we're spending three nights in Vegas. There's lockdown. Oh yeah. man, you talk about a hometown advantage. That's that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, those guys will never go to sleep. <laughs> uh, I mean, and just think about the possibilities of what could, even for the home team. You know, just living there. It's it just temp. Temptation every day. It's uh, I, it, oh, uh, they're bad they averages. To, they're going to have horrible. to build a, an army barracks out there and have armed guards and put a barbed wire fence around it to make sure but, nobody skips camp. Yeah, but you'd you'd have to make it so that you know there was something fun in there too. So it'd be like the only bar- army barracks with uh you know <laughs> slot machines or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it could be interesting. Uh, all right, Hoynes, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, another game tonight uh, in San Diego. We'll wrap it up tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Good deal, Joe.